Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the TR90 Body Burn 30 support call. This call happens Monday at Friday at this time, which is for me 6.40 Pacific Time, 7.40 Mountain Time, 8.40 Central Time, and 9.40 Eastern Time. Um, if you know which time zone you're in, then you're able to join us and join us in live. If you're missing these calls and you're picking this up on SoundCloud or one of the other um, podcast applications, if you dial it into 712-775-8972, we would be thrilled to have you along with us. The passcode is 910022. And if you want to pick up one of those podcasts, you can put in Frank, F-R-A-N-K, Lomas, L-O-M-A-S, and TR90, or Frank Lomas and Solutions, the digit four, anti-aging, and these calls will pop up. They're now archived back more than, more than 11 years. I am Susan Mann out of Portland, Oregon, welcoming you to the call this morning. And since this is the TR90 support call, I am going to um, do a quick overview of what that TR90 program is, and then we're going to jump over into um, some information that that has a lot of scientific stuff in it, but it supports what our scientists have done in um, producing our program. So that TR90 program, when you're first starting out, it's that one good clean, lean meal a day, two shakes a day, three snacks a day, 30 grams of protein at at least three of those meals. Taking your supplements 15 to 20 minutes before a meal is optimum. If you're not able to do that, do take those supplements with your meals. They'll still work. It's just not quite as effective and as efficient as it would be if you could take it beforehand. And sometimes it's just not possible to take it beforehand. I know because I've been in that spot. And it's better to take it than to forget it. So seven plus servings of fruits and vegetables every single day. That will give you micronutrients, macronutrients, and it gives you fiber. Guys should be getting about 45 grams of fiber daily. Ladies, we need about 32 grams of fiber daily to good digestive health and all of the other benefits that come along with um, the fiber and eating all those fruits and vegetables. Drinking plenty of fluid to stay hydrated. The current thinking is at least one ounce of fluid for every two pounds you weigh. And several things can be your fluid, but there's lots of trade-offs the further you get away from water. Um, so that we highly recommend that water be your, your top one. With that being said, um, there's sometimes that you need to be drinking other fluids that whether you're um, for various different reasons. You know, it could be juices, it could be uh, smoothies, it could be a number of things, but realize that whatever is in that fluid is going to affect the number of calories you're eating and everything else. Seven to nine hours of good quality sleep a night, that's really important because if you're working on a sleep deficit, it's the same as having one or two alcoholic drinks, and it can really affect your decision-making skills. It will affect your sleeping. It will affect a whole series of other things. So making sure that you're getting that good quality sleep, I like to think is my number one thing because then 
everything else kind of falls in after it because it helps with making good, clear decisions, planning, and many things along those lines. 30 minutes of moderate to heavy exercise at least five days a week. That exercise, um, I like to mix it up between the aerobic and the weight bearing just because that gives me a good balance. And as I'm getting older, I don't want to fall and break a hip or something that is going to really waylay me. So really being conscious of making sure to get that exercise in. And I think we've covered everything that was in that list of what is on the TR90 program. Today I'm sharing some information out of a book that's called Fat Chance, Beating the Odds Against Sugar, Processed Food, Obesity, and Disease. It was written by Robert H. Lustig, MD, MSL. And um, the last couple of times I shared with you about the four um, ways of making fat cells, which included genetics, epigenetics, uh, developmental programming, and toxins. Well, today we're jumping into how you fill those fat cells. And some of this may surprise you, some of it may not, but still I think it's important information so we can kind of wrap our brains around it. So our number of fat cells is predetermined, but what about filling them? This is the crux of the book and the pivot on which your long-term health can turn. We could easily put our blinders on and recite the old adage that fat cells get bigger because we eat too much and exercise too little. And of course we do. One recent report determined that the increased caloric intake accounts for the entire U.S. obesity epidemic. Alternately, less energy expenditure due to the increased screen time, decreased physical education in schools, which I think is key amongst many of our things, and has been directly related to both obesity and the prevalence of metabolic syndrome in adolescents. Aside from the obvious changes in the caloric and exercise milieu in which we find ourselves Numerous and other processes have been pro-offered as examples of environmental change, such as sleep debt, changes in ambient temperature, exposure to obesity-causing viruses. Even social workers have been implicated in the causes of obesity. Would that it were that simple. All these are examples of correlation, not causation. The journey through obesity and chronic metabolic disease begins and ends in the hormone insulin. The energy storage hormone that we talked about um, a few days ago. There are no fat accumulation, there's no fat accumulation without insulin. Insulin shunts sugar to fat. It makes your fat cells grow. More insulin, more fat, period. While there are many causes of obesity, excess insulin, known as hyperinsulinemia, in some form is the final common pathway for the overwhelming majority of them. Block it and the fat cells remain empty. And we're all making more insulin than we used to. 
Today's adolescents have doubled the level of insulin secretion of their predecessors in 1975. High insulin is responsible for seven, perhaps 75 to 80% of all obesity. There are three different ways to increase your insulin. And we're going to go over them briefly. First, if in response to a meal, particularly one in high refined carbohydrates, your pancreas makes extra insulin, insulin hypersecretion. It will drive your fat cells to store energy. This happens when your brain signal sends a signal to the pancreas through the vagus or the energy storage nerve. Two, if because of the specific foods you eat, you build up fat in your liver, this fat will make your liver sick. This is called insulin resistance. The pancreas has no choice but to make more insulin in order to force the liver to do its job. This raises insulin levels throughout the body, driving energy into fat cells everywhere and making other organs sick as well. And the third one, if your stress hormone cortisol, which comes from your adrenal gland, increases, two things will happen. It will, make, it will work on the liver and muscle to make them insulin resistant, making your insulin and driving energy deposition into fat. It may work on the brain to make you eat more. Or these three insulin problems are not, of course, these three insulin problems are not mutually exclusive. One person could have one, more than one problem going on at a time, which makes it even harder to diagnose and treat. There's yet another way our current society increases insulin and weight gain. These classes of medicines called steroids to control inflammation, antipsychotics to stabilize mood, and oral hypoglycemic agents to treat diabetes are notorious for driving insulin up and causing excess weight gain. Bottom line, once an insulin molecule is in the bloodstream, it is one, has one of three fates. It can be burned by exercise, it can be stored in fat by insulin, or it can be excreted in the urine, which eventually kills your kidneys. It's way better not to need these drugs in the first place, but usually they are the lesser of the two evils. Can you get your fat cells to slim down? Well, as you can imagine, these biochemical pathways are pretty darn powerful. Fat cells want to be downsized about as much as General Motors or AIG. And it doesn't matter if you're young or old, your fat is here to stay. Once the balloon is filled, it doesn't want to be deflated. It's because of insulin that weight loss is so difficult. Virtually every aspect of our modern society drives our insulin levels higher and higher. From an evolutionary perspective, our ancestors had to work hard in the face of famine to accumulate the fat. Their children needed to be prepared for their fate in utero to have a chance to survive. Once the fat is stored, we don't want to give it up, at least not without a fight. But when fat cells get smaller, they start making leptin. And when there's no leptin, there's no puberty, no pregnancy, no human race. 
to add insult to injury, our current drug armaturatium or uh, is more only minimally effective in promoting fat loss. So how do we slim down a fat cell? What options are left? One promising research tool is to deprive fat cells of the blood supply. Investigators are actively pursuing the possibility of using chemicals called angiogenesis inhibitors, which would cut off the blood supply to fat cells. Animal experiments using these compounds demonstrate melting, the melting away of fat tissue, but it will be years before we are ready for human trials. Other compounds are in, de are in development, but likewise will be a long, long time before they're ready to use. In fact, many drug companies have left the obesity research business despite the promise of the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. So at least today, there's only one hope. Reverse the biochemistry, stop the energy storage, fix the leptin resistance, lowering insulin works on both accounts. But there are two problems with this strategy. First, not everyone has the same insulin problem. So giving general guidelines is not going to work for everyone. We need some version of personalized obesity medicine. Second, changes in the environment are what drive the biochemistry. If you want to fix the biochemistry, you have to fix the environment. And that's not easily done, as we will find out here. But we will be providing probably some guidance coming up over the next week or so. With that being said, on a sad note, um, if you know Nathan Rex, we lost him yesterday in a tragic airplane crash. Um, his, he was in a plane. He was the only one that died. The other three survived, but I understand they're critically injured. With that being said, um, I'm going to take us off mute for any questions, thoughts, or comments you have. At the top of the hour, if you scoot over to Facebook, One Team Global Live, one of our leaders may be sharing some information on that or they may be sharing some information on how um, our company is changing. With that, I want to wish you all a really great day and um, look forward to your questions and comments. So there we have it, my friends. We have some, who did you, some thoughts. Who did, you, who did you say, guys? Nathan Ricks? Nathan Ricks. I got a, a email. I got an email from Brian last night, which thank you, Brian, for the heads up, because I was able to pass it to other members in my upline so that they would know. Um, some of them hadn't heard yet, and some of them had just heard. So um, they were surprised that I knew, which kind of shocked the heck out of them. But, you know. Did, was, he in a, was it a private? Was it, didn't he have a private I, plane? Yes, he had a private plane, and it was out of a airport in Utah. So I'm guessing that he and some of some he and somebody were flying off someplace. So I'm there guessing. were two in the plane. Were, oh my! Goodness. No, there were there were four in the plane. Oh. oh. Wow. 
Yeah. Sad. Um, it is very sad. But I, and I wanted to make sure that people knew if they didn't already know. So sorry to be the bearer of that bad news on January 3rd, 2023, but there we oh, are. Goodness. Oi. And then that football player, did you hear about that? I, I was oh, just turned on. Okay. Uh, Darren. I've been... Uh, oh. Had the Bills football player that oh. had the cardiac arrest on the... They had to do right CPR. On the yeah. So, I heard about that. We, we've got him. We've got um, Pele just passed. And right. uh, Pope Benedict, Barbara Walters. Yeah. So we've had a whole slew of uh, really famous people that have passed away just in a very short period of time. So people be praying for anybody that has lost somebody because those life changes are just astronomical, as I can well attest. Yes. It's a little early, but I am going to go get myself dressed. I thank you for your technical wisdom. (laughs) I wrote things down. I've got to go review them because I don't think that my brain has absorbed everything. Yeah, Yeah, I I understand that. If I didn't have it written down in the book, it would just would... It might leak in one ear and out the other. (laughs) So, yeah, we'll be be getting into some of the more technical stuff. We should have um, Frank up with us tomorrow. I'll be back on Thursday. And we'll have Victoria giving us a lovely meditation to get our weekend off to a fabulous start. And with that, I'm going to let everybody go because in about a minute and a half, um, One Team Global will be starting. Have a great day, everyone. Okay. You take care. You too. Bye.